0: Welcome back to our true crime podcast. Don't blame the mum. I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Kate. Yes. And once again, we are here bright and early. We sure are before I go to work. I know. This is crazy. We're really cramming it in today, aren't we? I yeah. mean, I'm just trying to get used to these early morning starts where I have to get out of bed at like seven. I know. Sorry,
1: Hannah. Dragged you <laughs> out of bed this morning.
0: You know, I need my beauty sleep. Absolutely. Oh, 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 I do. Be, I, I can see, see the evidence this morning. I <laughs> don't think there's enough years for me to catch up on that, to be honest. Ooh. But anyway, obviously lovely to see you uh, bright and early. Ooh. Of course, you, Sean, as well. Um, we've we've got the pleasure of having Sean helping us today. So, uh, yeah. you, you know, so much help we need.
1: Exactly. For the usual tech problems every bloody time. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So, have you had a good weekend thus far?
1: Yeah, we went into town actually on Friday and we went and we saw all the Christmas
0: lights in Oxford oh, Street and Regent it. Street. Love, I love, I have to say, like the central London Christmas lights, they just go all out. Don't they, they do.
1: Oh my gosh. So pretty. One of the streets, what street was it that we were on? Oh, Brook Street or something. But it had.
0: Um, crowns oh, oh my god, god.
1: I need to go so amazing those. yeah I, I, must... I love I
0: love going up to central I mean it's in like half an hour away I don't know why I don't do it more but it's half an hour from you yeah
1: <laughs> here we go okay. giving clues <laughs> it's half an hour from you but it is longer <laughs> for me yeah. just because the trains are such a nightmare from my to you
0: <laughs> exactly figure that one out guys yeah I'm where trying to be <laughs>
1: trying to be really undetailed
0: where are we this week <laughs> They'll get there in the end. <laughs> yeah, so we went in and we did
1: that, which I haven't done in ages, haven't been in in a while, so that was nice. Love it. Um, I do find those angels, though, do you know the ones the I ones mean? The ones with the
0: big, long, sparkly wings? Yeah. Yes. I so find you... them a bit creepy. No. I do. Oh, I love them. Yeah. And I'm actually scared of anything human-shaped. Like, I'm scared of mannequins. <laughs> like, I'm literally, my, my thing that I can't deal with in shops is when there's those, like, human-shaped mannequins. Well, you would not have liked that girl that we saw
1: in the shop the other day. I thought she was a mannequin and then she moved. Well, I nearly had a (gasps) heart attack.
0: Anything that's like human shaped or like looks human but doesn't move, it just creeps me out. This girl really had, you know, that real model look where she's
1: very thin. She was extremely pale. She was beautiful, but in a really (laughs) unusual way. Yeah. And I thought she was a a mannequin. And I literally leapt out of my skin. I was (laughs) like, Sean, I thought. I thought
0: she was a mannequin. Wait, was she working there? She was working and I didn't,
1: I won't say my shop actually, that's not fair. No,
0: go on, we like to give away locations. Just stick with that. I love
1: this poor girl, I of people going to look at her.
0: <laughs> Draping their clothes on her. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh no, yeah, I love a bit of London. I love going to the South Bank as well. And also the, uh, where's that food market? Like Borough. Borough Market, oh my God. I had the nicest um, churros there. I haven't That's been there in ages. I really want to go. We should go. Yeah. Let's I'm up go and up. have a little Christmassy jaunt up to a. Uh, oh, we've a Christmassy jaunt. A Christmassy jaunt. Yeah. I have a Christmas jaunt we all the dress, way to Central with we you. We dress all Christmassy, like earmuffs, scarves, like I'm wearing now, even though I'm inside, you know, like Cute. I'm up everything. For that. Yeah, let's do it. And um, you said you're going to go to Winter Wonderland, right? Is that still on the cards? Mm. Or should we give yeah. them a date so they can yeah. make sure they're there? or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're hoping that Sean's niece and his brother and sister can be there as well. So brother and sister, brother and sister-in-law, for one, for better word, can be Lovely. there as well. So we're kind of trying to work that out. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, after
0: this, um, thanks for asking. I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to walk. No, I just the wanted dog. to talk about me today, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> <laughs> i've got another really boring story for everyone i'm gonna walk buddy satan and uh katie my sister is walking elvis so uh, that'll be fun because elvis loves dive bombing Buddy's buddy's head so uh oh, great. Buddy's like 12 and elvis is just a baby so he's just like buddy's always like help me mom <laughs> like he's ruining my walk so i'm gonna be doing that for us stay- and then i've got a fundraiser this evening oh no nice. i know what are I you ha- gonna wear i literally have no idea oh like Do i wanna don't raid my closet before you go um, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, Thank okay, you. we'll pick out a few yes. things. <laughs>
1: that'd
0: be amazing. I don't know, I could even be like a dressy one. So mm. I'm thinking maybe like dress and like tights and boots because it is freezing. Yeah. Or like maybe trousers, blazer, or a cape. Cape, I mean, I, I feel love a cape. one should
1: always go with a cape in do any, know any what? situation. me too,
0: I'm such a caped crusader. <laughs> like I love a cape,
1: honestly. I've got like do two of cape. them. And
0: so I'm thinking maybe like a cape, trousers, boots. We'll see. Okay. I just don't want to turn up and be like literally way overdressed or underdressed. Everyone be like, who is this weird? Girl? Always better
1: <laughs> to be overdressed than underdressed, Do you I'd think? say. That, oh, yeah. Okay. Because fine. you'll feel like a right dick if you're underdressed. Yeah. yeah At least straight. if you're overdressed, you'll be like, well, look, I look great.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a fundraiser. Actually, no, I have been to a fundraiser. But yeah, there's going to be canapes and some prosecco. So that'll canapes be Canapes nice. is one
1: of my favorite things. So
0: I know. I love it. Love <laughs> a, I used to think it was called canaps. When I was young, <laughs>
1: Just because you really like your naps?
0: <laughs> no, I do. This is can, can very can nap. True. You? I can nap. I do. You know what? I, I I won't have a chance to have a nap today, so I'm going to be very grumpy around three. You'll be p.m. needing loads of those can naps. Yeah. So just don't contact me mid afternoon. Whatever you do, I won't. I'll be at work. Yep. Or on your head, be it. Oh, all right. <laughs> but Thanks. fair enough. So when you can't nap. I'll be at work. Also, not napping. <laughs> So on that note, I reckon we should get into our part one of our episode. Let's do it. Yes. So, guys, we are on episode 41. And we're going crazy. to give you a
1: trigger warning. Yes, we are.
0: Um, trigger warning, guys. This is really horrendous, as always. Um, it's, you know, of course, about murder, crime, um, infanticide, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, familicide, whatever, whatever phrase you want to call it. So just uh, beware that if you're going to find those subjects hard, turn off now. But please don't keep listening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: exactly. So 48-year-old Lori Vallow went from being a normal, seemingly loving mother to being known around the world as the doomsday mom. Newlywed Lori Vallow, then called Daybell after her marriage, along with husband Chad Daybell, has been convicted of murdering her two children, 16-year-old Ty Lee and 7-year-old JJ, in the most horrendous way. Weaving a web of lies in order to cover up their crimes, the newlyweds moved from place to place all the while preaching about zombies and doomsday and living their best life until the law finally caught up to them. So what went wrong with this seemingly perfect mother to make her commit these truly evil crimes that simply defy the laws of nature? This is Laurie Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell part one. So Laurie Noreen Cox was born on June the 26th, 1973 in Loma Linda, California to parents Janice and Barry Cox. She also had siblings, Alex, Adam and Summer and Stacy. But sadly, Stacy died in 1998, aged 31, completely out of the blue, which shocked the whole family. Now, I'm not sure how or uh, what her cause of death was because it was reported as undetermined everywhere I've looked. So I couldn't really look into that one. You're looking very quizzical there.
1: Well, no, I'm just thinking because I know that they had a history of um, clots and stuff in the family. And I Uh, I thought that maybe that I just I assumed that was how she. Yeah.
0: So it was just reported as undetermined where I've sort of researched. So if anyone does know, you know, please do uh, do do let us know. Mm -hmm. So in 92, a young Laurie married her first husband, her high school sweetheart, Nelson Yanes, when she was age 19. But they didn't end up having kids and they divorced soon after they married. So in October 1995, Laurie was age 22 when she married William La Jolla and together they had son Colby in 1996 before they divorced in 1998. So by 2001, Laurie was on her third marriage. She's a popular lady, this one. I mean, literally. I mean, can you even? Um, And she married Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr., who actually legally adopted her son Colby Then they had a biological daughter, Tylee, who was born on September 24th, 2002. Now, Tylee is going to feature hugely in this case, as she will later fall victim, sadly, to her mother's evil ways. So this marriage also didn't work out, and the couple later divorced in 2005. I'm
1: just stuck on the fact (laughs) that she's been proposed to three times.
0: How many? Do you reckon she kept all the rings? Uh I, mean, I reckon she did, judging by her character. Absolutely. I mean, I would, to be fair. But <laughs> absolutely. She yes, and I also would. <laughs> she 100% did, and you know she pawns that you, shit. I think you have to really hate somebody to give the ring back. Oh, yeah, 100%. And also, if you're actually married, you don't need to give it back legally, it's only if you're engaged. Oh well, yeah. good, good to know. Yeah, don't worry, done my <laughs> research, okay? <laughs> so after this, Laurie, who was a very likable, all-American kind of woman, entered a TV show, The Wheel of Fortune, and she won some money on it um, to the sum of around $17,000. Right. So things were looking up for
1: her. I actually think it's amazing that she was on Wheel of Fortune. So do I. I, I mean, find that so we,
0: interesting. We definitely used to have that program yeah it. I don't know if we still do do we I hate game shows so I don't really I
1: I I, uh, I don't always watch game shows I'd have to ask Laurie she watches loads of game shows but um when I have watched them there's something similar mm. I can't remember
0: I remember they definitely used to be there because I remember I used yeah, to watch it with my it definitely mom when was. I was little um but
1: it's kind of cool like yeah. I would have liked to have done like Jeopardy or something like that no, I mean, I'd I terrible at like that where they, the uh, where they do like so quiz good. questions. Because some of the them, chase.
0: when me and my sisters watch it together, we get so competitive. Impressive. It's like, yeah. well, I won because I got my questions. No, you didn't, I'm more clever than you are. And then it's usually me and Becca, it goes back I'm and forth for a while. more clever than you are. Yeah, but to be fair, I'm just gonna throw <laughs> this out there. Last time we did a quiz at Christmas, Becca, I did beat you. It came down to like the one last question. Yeah, but you also thought that you changer. beat me in
1: a quiz and I just disagree. I did. Oh,
0: no, 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 I definitely was like, no. actually, no, sorry, Raki said she was surprised at how good I was, thank you very much. Yeah, that doesn't mean you won. <laughs> she was just surprised you had any knowledge. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won. But also I beat Becca to the post on the last questions. I was like, yes. So I'm a bit of a quiz master, all right? Just don't ask me any math questions. So that's true. <laughs> so Lori won $17,000. Lucky her. So obviously things were looking up after her many divorces at this point. She's also starting to utilize her good looks and she competes in the Miss Texas pageant. She was very good looking. See, this thing, actually, I was just going to say, she was a really attractive woman. Mm. She was. She had like, you know, blonde hair, like blue eyes, nice figure. she was tall, kind of good bone structure. Mm. You know, she was the kind of all American sort of picture perfect kind of wife, really. Yeah, totally. So I can see how she sort of went down the pageant route, if you will. So Laurie actually said around this time when she was uh, interviewed for one of these pageants, being a good mum is very important to me, and being a good wife and a good worker. She then referred to herself as a ticking time bomb, which is bizarre. Mm. So what exactly did she mean by that? Like, who knows? But needless to say, she wasn't wrong. Yeah, no, it that it it's really. It's a weird thing to say after saying, I'm a really good mom and whatever, but I'm a ticking time bomb. Like, what? But it's, so yeah, a bit it's, weird. Quite, it's
1: quite surreal to watch it back now.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. Like, kind of almost prophesizing. Especially,
0: in, yeah, in hindsight, you're like, okay. Yeah. Absolutely, she's a ticking Definitely time like bomb. Definitely, in hindsight. But who exactly. was to know exactly how much I mean, I don't even think she knew was. what she meant no, by that at absolutely. the time. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Laurie was extremely close to her brother, Alex Cox. They were just as tight as siblings could be. And in 2007, Alex actually attacked her ex-husband, Anthony, claiming he'd been abusive to Laurie and the children. So Alex was sentenced to jail for this incident. Now, sadly, Anthony was later found dead in his apartment in 2018 from a sudden heart attack. You're going to see in this case, guys, that like there is just death everywhere that follows this woman. Yeah. I mean, people drop like flies around her and around her future husband as well. It's like it's not just one. It's not two. It's just like it's death after death after death. It's just insane. Despite the fact they were divorced, Laurie was still listed as his next of kin. And so she was notified first. However, his family was not involved until five weeks later when nobody had claimed his body. So she obviously knew that he had died, and oh, she didn't I just bother telling got them. Chills down my Is that spine? not just the most sickest thing you've ever heard? Oh, she's horrible. Horrible. Didn't tell the family. Didn't and tell even his if family. You don't want to go and deal with exactly. it. Tell the family. Exactly. So I'm surprised she was still next of kin. But if they'd had actually
1: divorced, so did, if but... she was next of kin, did yeah. she get like life insurance now, or something I'd, like I'd that? I'm
0: not sure because that I didn't see anything, anything written about that. About okay. that. But she definitely like, just left his body in the morgue for five weeks until they, they contacted the other next of kin. And that's how the rest of his family found out. So she was obviously just going to leave him there the whole time, which oh is really, really awful. God. So in February 2006, Laurie met and married Leland Anthony Barlow. He went by the name Charles. Clearly, because it sounds so much like his other names. Yeah, what? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like when someone's like, hey, my name's Robert, but just call me Bob. And I'm like, what? But that's not even the same name. Why wouldn't I call you Rob? Yeah. Or like, you know, someone called Richard and it's like, oh, just call me Dick, Dick for short. And yeah. I'm like, but it doesn't sound anything like it. It's like me going, hi, my name's Hannah, but just, you know what, just call me Babs. It's fine. You know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I
1: will call you Babs. <laughs> no, please don't.
0: <laughs> please don't. I sound like I'm about 75.
1: <laughs> I quite like it, Babs. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, her and Charles, which he's, we're going to call him, they fell in love and they got married in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, Charles, he was a lifelong Catholic when he met Laurie and he consequently converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as LDS, to please his new wife. He was a fan of like Austin music, um, University of Texas football and Mm -hmm. Austin's outdoor activities. So he was a well-rounded, really nice guy. Everyone who knew him, you know, had a lot of respect for him. Mm -hmm. Charles already had two sons from a previous marriage um, named Cole and Zach. And in 2013, they decided to adopt his grandnephew, Joshua Jackson Barlow, who was known as JJ. Now, JJ was born on May 25th, 2012. And JJ was the biological grandson of Charles's sister, Kay Woodward. Yeah. So just want to clear up that sort of connect family connection. Mm-hmm. So his parents weren't coping with looking after him. And so they offered to take him in. Charles and Laurie offered to take him in as their own son. And the couple later moved with Tylee and JJ and Colby to Kauai, Hawaii. I think you say Kauai. Kauai, Hawaii in late 2014, along with their, you know, um, children. Exactly. Their new family. Family of five now. And there they started a small business. And then the family moved back to the mainland sometime in 2016. And then they were living in Arizona by 2018. By the time their lives all start to unravel. I just want to mention that JJ, their adopted son, is also a name that's going to feature heavily throughout Mm -hmm. this episode. As tragically, this innocent boy, along with his sister, Tylee, would also fall victim to his adopted mother's crimes. So now Laurie is on to her fourth marriage. And believe it or not, despite them all looking like a happy blended family, it ain't going to be her last marriage. Mm -hmm. This woman is not finished yet. She is literally like Ross from Friends you know when he's like i love i that can't episode. be three divorce three divorces three divorces <laughs> she is literally like five divorces <laughs> like she's obviously got some sort of like world record this woman i mean respect to her you know I, but, actually no no respect to her but my thing is just that
1: like i just keep I can't get my head around all of these different people proposing
0: i know it's insane i just can't get my head around how much bling this woman will have i know seriously she could start her own bloody shop. literally so the Valos apparently seemed like this happy, loving married couple. There was no indication of the utterly tragic crimes that would soon take place. Nobody could have guessed how terribly wrong things would eventually go for the family. So it was in back in around 2015 that Laurie had first become interested in a series of books that had caught her attention and she really started to study them and was totally intrigued by their contents. She wanted to learn more about them. Now the VAP the Valle family had moved back to Arizona in 2016, and it was actually in the fall of 2018 that she met and started talking to the author of these books, a married man by the name of Chad Daybell. Now, this fateful meeting where Laurie and Chad's path cross is the catalyst for what was to become a meeting of two twisted, delusional minds, and together they will go on to commit the most heinous, evil acts that will shock people the world over.
1: Chad Guy Dable was born on the 11th of August in 1968 in Provo, Provo, Utah, Provo. Provo, Utah. to parents Sheila and Jack Dable. So Chad met his future wife, Tammy Douglas, or Tamara Tammy Douglas, at Brigham Young University in their freshman year, where Chad was studying journalism, and they were married by the Church of the Latter-day Saints in March 1990. And they had five children together. So Chad and Tammy lived in Springville, Utah. Tammy was a teacher in a primary or an elementary school where she taught computer studies. Sorry, I got distracted there because I wrote taught like I taught rather than to teach. Yes. (laughs) Um, Chad worked two jobs, one working in writing and publishing and the other at a cemetery as a caretaker and a gravedigger.
0: Grim. <laughs> I mean, obviously, someone's got to do it, but I mean, I'd be, I'd be scared. I mean, yeah. Do you, do you, like? I'd be scared to be in a
1: graveyard all the time on my own. You're not getting Buffy vibes.
0: Oh my god! Of course, I love. <laughs> I no, I mean, I walk in the daytime. I walk the dog on a sunny day through the graveyard. I, I do. Which graveyard? I do do uh, well, there's one in my mum's house in Witton. Um, I like to give out other people's location away as well, by the way, guys. There's one in my mum's house that I used to go through. In, in her mum's house. Yes. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh- in the back garden,
1: actually. In the back garden. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about that in a separate episode. Um, he wrote a book on his experience of being a gravedigger called One Foot in the Grave, The Strange But True Adventure of a Cemetery Sexton. So Sexton's basically a caretaker. Oh. So in 2004, Chad started his own publishing business, Spring Creek Book Company, with his wife Tammy, which he used to publish his own work. Of course. I really like that, yeah. Just. I know, nobody else sorry. is going to publish it, sorry. So <laughs> yeah. I will start my own and publish my own work. Um, so initially, Chad's writing and books were aimed at the religious audience, namely the Latter-day Saints. However, the publishing company was bringing in about $2,000 a year. So it was not making like the income that they needed to support the family. Mm. And he and Tammy were still working alongside this business. So like a lot of people, Chad is named after one of his grandparents. And Chad's middle name, Guy, is in homage to his grandfather, Guy Chestnut.
0: Chestnut. I know, isn't that Guy really Chestnut. A nice name? Yeah. Sounds like a cartoon character.
1: It does, actually, yeah. When Guy was a teenager, Guy, Chad's godfather, once told him a story about meeting an angel or, quote, a messenger from heaven when he was at a temple. So this story resonated with Chad, and he believed that people could communicate with messages from what he dubbed the other side of the veil. So Chad served as a missionary for the Latter-day Saints when he was young. So as a kind of teenager coming into his early 20s. Mm. And he was very good at it and converted a lot of people to the church, even creating records for the amount of people he brought into the Latter-day Saints. Wow. Well, apparently he was quite um, charismatic. And persuasive. Yeah. And I think he had a very um, kind of shy nature or it came across that way that he was quiet and really? reserved and people maybe liked that so when charles was 17 he had his first near-death experience he believed that this was a message from the spirit world so he was cliff jumping at flaming gorge in utah with friends when he was dashed against the rocks he said that he was knocked unconscious and claims and quote he crossed into another dimension and realized there was a world beyond this one. Hmm. He said that this was the beginning of his visions and messages from the other side of the veil. In another incident or near-death experience, Chad was on the beach and frolicking in the waves. He was about 20 years old at the time. And frolicking.
0: Just, <laughs> I just had like an image of him just like dancing around. Like, hey, hey, this is great.
1: <laughs> well, he was. Okay. And, <laughs> good, good to know. And he was... <laughs> Knocked over by oh. a huge wave. So obviously, you know, when
0: you get caught in these waves and they just tumble you over and yeah, over and over. Yeah, I mean, I would over. have thought that after his first getting bashed against the rocks, he would have been a little more careful in the sea. He well, seems to, you know, not have great experiences in there.
1: Well, I know, you'd anyway. think he'd be afraid
0: of the sea. You'd
1: think. Um, so anyway, he gets t- knocked and he's like turning over and over and over. And I think anyone who goes to the beach a lot, mm. like that that has happened to everybody, hasn't it? And it yeah. is really scary. That is so ter- terrifying. Um, So he said that in this moment being trapped and disorientated under the water, he was visited by the spirit of Guy, his grandfather, Mm. Chestnut, um, Chestnut, who showed him visions of his future and his future children. So Chad claimed that the near death incident caused this veil or the veil to lift and it never fully closed again. So now he had a foothold in both worlds. So One foot in our world, Hannah, Mm -hmm. and then the other foot in the spirit world. So lifting this or living in this kind of raised veil existence meant that Chad could receive visions from anyone in the spirit world, not just his grandfather. Mm -hmm. So he used these near-death experiences to write his book, Living on the Edge of Heaven. Now, this was an autobiography. I actually hate how pretentious that name is. Like yeah. He's very optimistic thinking he's going to
0: heaven, isn't he? Of course. Oh my God, absolutely. Living. He is the
1: last person who's going to heaven. Living on the edge of heaven. Okay, anyway.
0: Chad has written
1: over 24 books focusing namely on doomsday prophesizing. So another series of books called Times of Turmoil talks about the apocalypse and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Himself as Jesus, no doubt. Ugh. So in this book, he discusses the start or the lead up to, the, to World War III, and he says that a massive earthquake in Salt Lake City will trigger, will, that will be the trigger for World War III. Mm-hmm. And after this, um, an earthquake, so this earthquake will happen and then the UN peacekeeping army will arrive under the pretense of giving aid. But actually, they will have joined a coalition, a coalition army and they are coming to attack the USA, starting clearly in Utah. Oh. Right, so this is what this book is about. So in 2014, while on holidays in Idaho, Child was filling his truck at the petrol station or the gas station in America when he heard a voice from the heavens telling him to move to Idaho. So he went to the temple and the spirits from the other side told him that this was actually in his future. So in Feb of 2015, he heard another voice that told him that living in Rexburg, Idaho, would be the best thing that he could do for his family and his future generations. So much to Tammy's dismay, they upped and moved the whole family and the publishing business to Fremont County, Rexburg, later that year. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So Chad was very involved with a group called Preparing a People. So this is a cult-like group of extremists some of whom were members of the Latter day Saints, but thought that the church was not addressing the second coming of Jesus Christ sufficiently. So they focused primarily on doomsday prophecies and extreme prepping using their leaders' visions and dreams as like divinations, as like yeah. what was coming. So Debo would get up and make his speeches about how he was half in, half out of the spirit world and therefore able to contact the spirits and receive visions of the future. He would host workshops and teach his paying students how to develop their own sixth sense and have their own visions of the future and the second coming of like the big JC.
0: It sounds very culty. It
1: it does, doesn't it? Like he yeah. in my mind, when you're reading all this, he is starting a cult. Yeah. Like they are in yeah. the beginning of a cult. Yeah. It was at one of these conferences at St. George, Utah, that Daybell and Laurie first met. So Laurie had been reading Chad's books and they were really resonating with her. She asked her mother, Janice Cox, and her friend, Melanie Gibb, to go with her to one of his lectures or conferences. Afterwards, he was signing his books and Laurie lined up to get his autograph and they struck up a conversation. It was in this first time meeting Laurie that he told her that they had been married in multiple previous lifetimes. Of course he did. I Actually
0: cannot go with this. I mean, what like that's that's like the ultimate chat up line, isn't it? <laughs> like, well actually, um I don't know if I'm your type, but we've definitely been married before. So it's kind of meant to be. Yeah. You know? It's <laughs> like it's, it's like it's like the the cult version of sliding into one's DMs. It's, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs>
1: Literally, (laughs) 100%. Um, So they exchanged numbers and their relationship started almost immediately after this. That evening, in fact, he texted her saying a voice had told him he would meet an extraordinary woman that day and the encounter would change his life forever. He describes the feeling of touching her hand and his heart beating so fast. It's all very cringeworthy stuff. Mm. Like I find this kind of stuff really difficult to swallow. Yeah, I always think it's really it comes across really disingenuous. Yes, absolutely. Um, and just cringy. I I can't. I just secondhand embarrassment all over the place. Um, so they both used secret phones to contact each other to try to keep their affair a secret. Larry's friend Melanie Gibb said that Chad told Laurie he had created a portal in her wardrobe or her closet. Like Narnia. Exactly like Narnia. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Um, so he had created a Narnia portal in her wardrobe or closet so that the pair of them could interact spiritually through this portal. Like, this is mad oh, stuff.
0: Right. God, honestly, it's completely and utterly delusional.
1: If someone told me they
0: created a portal in my closet, I'd be like straight. I'd be, I'd be like, get the hell out of my closet! Take yourself you know I mean? and your portal out of my fact, closet. I know for a fact some of my sisters would like to have a portal in my closet <laughs> so they could like <laughs> siphon and steal my clothes away without me knowing. But um, I would not be happy about it.
1: I mean that that would be the only reason to have a portal yes, in your closet. Exactly, that's true. <laughs> um. So, Daybell wanted to be seen as a spiritual leader, and this is what I'm saying about how really it does seem like he is trying to start a cult. So he claims that he was the or D- Davidic or Davidic. What is that? The Davidic servant. Davidic. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's like the the like David as a servant. king. David's yeah. kind of descendant, oh. or possibly even him. Yeah. So now, in the Church of the Latter Day Saints, the D- Davidic. Servant is referenced as a prophet or JC himself. Um, so not like your regular Joe with like one foot in. You
0: mean Jesus Christ is in JC? Yeah, I love the way what you're on like first name terms with him. Like, oh yeah, good old JC. You know? Do <laughs> 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 you think you
1: are? Love, okay, Catholic. I'm extremely <laughs> Catholic. I've grown up in Ireland. Okay, oh yeah, fair. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, so what was I saying? So not your regular Joe with one foot in one of the two worlds, mm-hmm. okay? So it's not our, what we would consider uh, day bum. So himself and Valo were, of course, prominent spiritual figures in many of their past lives. I mean, do you notice how anyone who remembers their path life, past life was never like your local butcher or, like, you know- Like the, the um, bus olden driver. day Ted Bundy. Or... Yeah, no, they're always yeah. a king or, yeah. you know, a Roman gladiator. Yeah, so I've got a feeling
0: I would've been like a peasant woman. Yes, yeah, so I agree. a scullery agree. maid. Yes, so I, I just, think you're I right. I just, I know Where, uh, it. whereas, It's in
1: me, it's in my blood. Whereas I would've been a princess, obviously. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. They're never something normal. You would've been a wench. <laughs> you would've been the local wench. <laughs> I would've been one of those witches burned at the yeah. stake.
0: <laughs> I actually hope I would've been a witch. I I think that would've been really cool. Yeah, I would've liked it. Actually, not not the burn at the stake part. Well, I don't think you can actually burn a witch at a stake. Mm.
1: No, people were burnt at the stake back in the day, like Salem and stuff. No, I know they were, but real witches, I don't think would've been.
0: Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, no, they would've like, apparated to like another universe. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Chad and Laurie also claimed that they were chosen by God to lead the 144,000 people a chosen group who would lead everybody to salvation through the apocalypse
0: mm-hmm.
1: or lead those people through the, through the apocalypse. So not just here, a regular nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, no biggie. Chad was trying to start his own church and using his books as guides or scriptures to explain it. Um, so the Church of the Latter-day Saints made claims after the arrest of Dable and Valo that they have no affiliation and have never endorsed the group people, sorry, preparing a people. Mm -hmm. A big part of Chad's powers, for want of a better word, is his ability to identify zombies. Now, zombies will become, or will become a reoccurring theme throughout the case. Zombies, according to Chad, are not what we know from TV and movies. Zombies are people whose souls have been taken by Satan so, they are no longer themselves. They are people who have been possessed by demons. So, Dable had a ranking system to characterize these zombies or demons. The system is based on light or dark spirits with a numerical system alongside it. So, light 1L or 6L being pure, like 1L26L, I mean, being pure, mm. and dark 1D26D being possessed by an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, A rank of 1 to 3 in light or dark was quite fluid. So an L2 or a D2 could change and move from one to the other, but something like a D4 was really bad news. Um, So if somebody is dark and at a rank of 4.1 or above, they're beyond rescue and needed to be eliminated. Worrying. Very worrying. So, of course, the only way to free a spirit that has been pulled into the darkness, into that level of darkness, um, or the zombie or demon, is to kill the host. Oh. Okay, so this is like getting really serious now. Yeah. Um, so Laurie had a podcast called Feel the Fire. Now this was a spiritual podcast where Laurie discussed her beliefs and her status with God and her connection with the spiritual world. Laurie also spoke about what pushed her faith to this extreme and her children were actually and this is a trigger warning so skip back two if you're not interested in hearing about this but her children, her children were actually molested and raped by her third husband Joe um whom is the biological father of Tylie, mm. and she said that she was either going to dedicate her life to the church or she was going to murder her husband mm-hmm. so Laurie tells about, I mean, to be fair, you wouldn't blame her for that Do we know
0: this is true or is this Laurie accusing husbands again?
1: No, I think it is. Well, I think it is true. Yeah, because Colby, her oldest son, talks about it in... Uh. Sorry, there's a really great Netflix documentary called "Sins of Our Mother," mm-hmm. and her son Colby features heavily in it. Okay, and
0: he verifies he that. verifies that. that okay, is true. so this is Tylie's This is the guy that was beaten up by um, Alex Cox. No, is it not? No, because Alex Cox beat up one of her husbands for abusing yeah, the children. I don't think it was
1: Joe though. You said Anthony. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but Joe was oh, this because this, this is the
0: problem with her having so, so many, many husbands. husbands yeah,
1: um, no, because I thought that as well. But no, Joe is. Is um is Tylie's biological father, okay. and you know she talks about how that she mm. that sorry Colby does say that this did happen. Wow, he tell, he's the one who tells his mom it's oh. happening. So Laurie tells us about her personal encounter with the angel Moroni. She said that she barely had to sleep anymore because she is constantly contacted by the angels and the spirit world. So she herself is turning into a super being. Right, lucky her. (laughs) Isn't it well for some? (laughs) Um, At this time, Larry was buying survival products in bulk. So tinned food, um, life, like long life food, bags and bags of rice, and you know, Mm -hmm. anything that was. She was
0: doomsday prepping.
1: 100% camping equipment, getting really obsessive about this Mm -hmm. end of days. And all this while she's with, you know, she has having this secret relationship with Chad, getting more and more involved in this yeah. preparing a affair. people. She's
0: having a full blown affair.
1: Mm. So Chad, Laurie and Melanie Gibb were on an episode of the podcast by preparing a people called Time to Warrior Up, discussing the impending apocalypse. Now Melanie Gibb said that it was around this time that Laurie started telling her that Charles was no longer Charles. And that he was now possessed by a demon called Ned or Nick. That name changes a bit in different places. Snyder. And he was going to die in a car accident. Julie Rowe, who is a member of the Latter-day Saints, was an author who was published by the Daybells book company. And publishing company, sorry. She claims to have prophetic gifts. And she felt that she had a wonderful connection with Chad. Because obviously he also had those types of gifts. Of course he did. And they got, and you know, she got on really well with his wife Tammy too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Rose says that she began to grow weary of Chad. She didn't like this ranking system that he had from this dark to light spirits. And she thought that he was following a dark path and that his whole process was getting dangerous, which she is damn right. She had a phone conversation with Chad about his wife, Tammy, where he referred to his life plan, saying that it could not move forward until Tammy was dead. He told her that he had a vision of Tammy in his truck, which had been in a fatal collision. She said that this phone call gave her cause to be alarmed and she discussed it with her husband, but she really wasn't sure what to do with it and what she thought was going to happen from it.
0: Mm -hmm. Crazy. Mm. Now, Laurie is totally and utterly besotted, as we can tell by Chad at this point, almost to the point of acting like she is brainwashed by him. And I think we can see that in a lot of cult type situations mm-hmm. where brainwashing is very much key to the cult leader, getting people on his side or her side um, and sort of like molding how their thoughts and their beliefs work. Absolutely. So after their affair began, nothing and no one was important to Laurie. It was just all about Chad, her new well. Soon to be husband. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) By February 2019, Laurie went to her husband Charles and told him she no longer cares about him or JJ. She told him she was the reincarnated wife of someone called Joseph Smith. And then suddenly after that, Laurie vanishes for 58 days in a row. I mean,
1: there's just so much to unravel there. First of all, she (laughs) doesn't care about (laughs) JJ anymore, who is her adopted Adopted, child. Yeah. She doesn't... She is now the the past wife of Joseph Joseph Smith. And correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Joseph Smith is the Latter Day Saint fella, right? Um, sorry, <laughs> I just had to double check that with uh, Sean in the back there. Yeah. Um. So you know he's really big in. I don't know what you know about Latter Day Saints. Nothing. Right. Well, he is out like there prophet, basically, isn't he?
0: He's at the so start of she's saying of that, that she was, oh, okay, again, so isn't that funny? She's saying that she was married to him too. Of course she was. Of course she was. Is there anyone she hasn't been married to? I think that she was married to J- Jesus Christ as well. I mean, I'm sure she believes the same thing. <laughs> so for 58 days, she has disappeared. So that month, Charles has just had enough of her. Like her behavior was really worrying. It was really erratic. And so he decides to file for divorce. Another divorce for her, citing the reason as threats to his life, as well as the theft of $35,000 that Laurie had drained from their joint bank account. She's right cheeky that the margin And isn't also she? his truck as well. So apparently she's trying to get everything that she can and take what she can away from this marriage. And I think he was the one with the money. Like he was the breadwinner. Yes, bread he was. And I think his business is doing pretty well. Mm. So he went to the police with his concerns and he told them Laurie believed that she was a god preparing for the end of days. He also said Laurie had threatened to murder him on several occasions. So this is really serious stuff. I mean, threats to someone's life is, you know, that is the ultimate, ultimate, well, you know, scary thing before the actual act itself. Yeah. So he even filed for a protective order against Laurie at the advice of his very concerned attorney. Now, I'm not surprised because her sudden, almost overnight change in behavior was massively concerning and it was just becoming bizarre. It was like Laurie was a completely different person to the woman that he had married. Now, on July 11th, 2019, police in Chandler, Arizona, received a call from Laurie's brother, Alex Cox. He said that Charles had shot, he, that he had shot and killed Charles, his brother-in-law, in self-defense. And where is
2: your emergency? It's
3: at uh, 5531 South Four Peaks. I think it's Four Peaks Lane, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. You say you don't know the direction? I don't know the the street name. If it's a lane or a court, it's 5531 East. Oh uh,
0: yeah, or south.
3: south? South. Four Peaks. 5531 South Four Peaks in Chandler. Is that right? Yes. You need yes. police or paramedics? Uh, both. I mean, police and an ambulance. What's the emergency there? Uh, there was a I got into a fight with my brother-in-law and I shot him in self-defense. Okay, let me get the medics on the phone. And is he hurt or is he alive? Or yeah, there's blood. He's he's not moving. How long ago did this happen? A couple of minutes.
2: Fire department, what is the address of the emergency? Five
3: five three one South Four Peaks.
2: And is that a house in Chandler? Yes. And your phone number, please.
3: 480-351-9120.
2: And just repeat the address to confirm it.
3: 5531 South Four Peaks.
2: And what is the emergency?
3: Uh, I I shot my brother-in-law.
2: OK, what part of his body is injured?
3: Uh, in the chest.
2: I'm sorry, where? In the chest. OK, is he awake and responsive or unconscious? Unconscious. OK, is he breathing? I can't tell. Are you you willing to go over to him and check? Sure. Do you just let me know if you see his chest going up and down? How old is he?
3: It's not moving, he's 60.
2: Okay, and are you wanting to start CPR?
3: No, I don't know how to do that.
2: I can walk you through it.
3: Okay.
2: what I want to do is you're going to put one hand in the center of his chest. Yeah. The other hand's going to go right on top of it. Okay. You're gonna interlock your fingers, keeping your arms straight, and you're gonna press down hard and fast into his chest. You're gonna go two inches down and fairly quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Making sure his chest goes up between each compression. Where's the bun now?
3: Uh, It's in the other room. Okay.
2: Petey, we're gonna stage for you. Okay, thank you. They just keep going with those compressions. Petey, did you have any other
3: questions? Yes. What's your name, sir? My name is Alex. My last name is Cox. See you, Alex.
0: Now, Alex claimed he'd shot him after an altercation between the two had gone badly wrong. Now, Cox alleged that he confronted Charles about abusing his sister, Laurie, and so he grabbed his gun in response to being hit with a baseball bat by Charles. So this was his story that he was going with. So when police arrive Laurie arrives shortly after, and her behavior is bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. She's smiling. She's laughing. She's nonchalant. She looks like she didn't have a care in the world. Now, bearing in mind, her ex-husband has just been shot dead. In her home. In her home by her brother. And her children are with her. Yeah. So she was just laughing that they only moved in three weeks earlier. And what would the neighbors think? And she kind of had a little bit of a laugh about that. And this is all on police cam. So I'm going to post this on our Instagram now, we do say, who knows how different people will react when they are, you know, in shock or they're grieving or someone's just been killed. Like, I think everyone does react differently. And we don't know that there's a textbook way to react when mm-hmm. someone dies. But I definitely, honestly think, and I'm sure most will agree, when you see this, there is nothing normal about her behavior. No. Nothing. You can't I explain totally it away. Yeah. So she's not acting like someone whose husband is now dead and she doesn't seem to have a care in the world. And poor Tai Lee, her daughter, who also appears to talk to officers on the police body cam and in the footage, seems almost emotionless as well or almost like she's resigned to it. I totally agree with you. I think, mm. I think that she is in a really bad place. Yep. And I think her, <clears throat> I think she's very much under her mother's
1: influence as well. She, she obviously she's definitely seems more in shock. She's not laughing or no. not doing any of that. Mm-mm. But I that's so that's a really good word that you used. Resigned. I think she's so used to how odd her mother's behaviour has become. Yeah. that
0: she's almost brainwashed. Yeah, almost brainwashed bit. herself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So she's almost brainwashed into going along with what her mum kind of thinks and says. And she's just agreeing hmm. with everything. Now, Laurie, after this, just a couple of hours after Charles' murder, actually went to a pool party. What? Yeah. So not, she's not sorting out, you know, she's not telling his family or his next of kin that, you know, he's been killed or anything like that. She basically gathers her stuff together and she goes to a pool party just a couple of hours later. So this is how upset and how, how bereft she is that her husband has now been killed oh my like this how was she just not arrested for i that? mean it's insane now police find <clears throat> the body of charles inside the house <clears throat> with a baseball bat lying next to him that looks to me very suspiciously like it's been strategically placed next to his body it's very much he's lying down and this baseball bat is perfectly lying next to him
1: oh. so it
0: looks very staged if you ask me they did not pursue the matter, the police, any further. They just take Alex's story at face value that it was an altercation of self-defense at, that had gone wrong. So Alex was never charged with anything in relation to Charles's death and it was put down to just self-defense. Which Crazy that. Is beyond beggars I just, belief. I can't believe that they didn't look into it further, they didn't question it more. It's, it, it is insane. But I think it's fair to say it's extremely convenient he's killed when Laurie and him are on the verge of divorcing. And she's been having an affair and she wants to be with Chad. Oh, it's extremely convenient. Yeah. I mean, surely it's part of her powers as a guard though. Well, exactly. Now there's also been, of course, many threats made to his life prior to this murder or prior to him dying. So, and by, by Laurie and obviously Charles was openly worried about his safety and now he ends up dead. So it doesn't look great. And I don't know why this wasn't taken into account by the police. Well, especially as he told the police he was worried. And, and- he had a restraining order. And he said he was worried about the children. Exactly. So now the one person who was fighting to get custody of JJ and who'd been so worried about what Laurie was capable of has now been killed himself. There's no one left to protect those children. So before he was killed, Charles's attorneys stated that he had been primarily concerned for JJ's safety and his well wellbeing. Um, and obviously JJ needed a consistent routine due to the fact that he did have special needs and he was autistic. So Charles was also really concerned for Ty Lee, but he was unable to include her in any of these filings. Because oh, she, she was not his biological exactly, daughter. Exactly. She's not the biological daughter. <sighs> so yes. he wasn't able, and he hadn't filed at that point to legally adopt her. So he didn't have any legal standing in that respect. Oh, no. so therefore, um, he had withdrawn the petition to try and get custody of her. And one month later, um, saying he actually wanted to try to make his marriage work. and That's just when he was killed. So he'd almost said, okay, let's give this marriage another go. And then he dies. Now Laurie tried to claim a life insurance policy for the death of Charles as they were still married, but he had cleverly taken a preemptive strike and he'd removed her secretly as the beneficiary of his life insurance. Good man. I know, so she only found that out after his death and I bet she was fuming. Oh my God, furious. I bet. So now there is one death allegedly caused by self-defense Now, don't believe that for a second, by the way, because sadly, this is not where the deaths are going to end. It's not even just starting. Yeah, it's not even close to over. Exactly. Because lest we forget, Chad Daybell is no free agent himself. He is also still married. So Tammy Daybell is now the last living spouse standing in the way of these two dangerous people who are just determined to be together at any cost. On October 9th, 2019 Tammy reported someone shooting at her as she walks along her driveway now we are going to end it there this week guys because there is so much more to unravel but in the next week's episode we're going to find out how much more um how many more murders this couple are now going to commit how many more marriages Laurie chooses to have Mm. and what happens in order to um get these guys in prison Uh, the tale just gets crazier and crazier. It does. We'll see you. Very convoluted story. Very convoluted and very crazy. So we'll see you all for part two next week. Don't forget to add us on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, Facebook. Facebook and everything. And then we'll see you next week guys for part two. Bye.